Hello and welcome listeners to this first of a series of podcasts titled Leadership Podcast Series by BCG India and I'm your interviewer Gaurav Chaudhary. The podcast series will be in conversation with some of India's finest minds in the world of business to seek their views on ideas, challenges and opportunities that keep them up, busy and excited. And today we have got Abhik Singhi, senior partner and managing director at BCG India, holding forth on several key themes related to India's rise as one of the world's fastest growing consumer markets. Abhik has led BCG's consumer and retail practice in Asia Pacific and is a BCG fellow where he examines how technology could provide leapfrogging opportunities in emerging markets. Abhik has nearly 25 years of experience with clients in emerging markets such as India, China, Southeast Asia and the Middle East as well as with clients in the US and Canada. He has also co-authored the best-selling BCG book, The 10 Trillion Dollar Prize, published by the Harvard Business Review Press. Welcome to the show, Abhik. Thank you, Gaurav. Very happy to be here. Okay, so let's start off with a very basic question. Uh it's almost like a priori. How do you spot signs of an expanding economy? One of the surest signals can be found in shopping malls or neighborhood shopping complexes or car showrooms. The footfalls in these have seen a remarkable long-term growth over the past 15 years or so, particularly in India. In your view, is it a fair analysis to say that consumption spending is the strongest edifice of the India growth story? Great question, Gaurav. Uh, you know, like they say, the sales of biscuits, briefs, and bikes is an indicator of how the economy is doing. I think, in the case of India, the consumer has been the prime mover of the Indian economy. uh if you look at something which is very unique to india is the fact that close to 60% of our economy is driven by private consumption mm-hmm. this is the highest in the emerging markets and actually mirrors some of the more developed markets in the way it actually pans out mm-hmm. it also plays a very important role in kick starting the private investment cycle yeah you know some economists believe that you know supply drives demand and therefore that's how the cycle works other economists believe the other way around but i think everybody believes that there is a virtuous cycle and if one looks at empirically in india what has happened is it's actually the consumption which has driven economic growth over the last 25 years that is and true. the one thing i would say is different from the past where people used to say about the three b's or the biscuits briefs and bikes yeah i think it has moved to what i would call the three c's yeah uh, curtains creams and cell phones right <laughs> uh, uh but but you know in order to do this one has to understand the size and shape and the drivers of growth as well right 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 at this three c analogy is a very fascinating analogy so let's throw in some numbers to just to put things in context and it also kinds of magnifies the aspect that we are talking about uh just to give you an idea to to our listeners of how far we has come as, as a consumption economy and as as a big as uh, rightly underlined uh, the, we it remains the strong one of the strongest pillars of india's growth story is the consumption story uh, consider this in 2005 an estimated 1.11 million passenger vehicles were sold in india and in 2019 that is 14 years later and we have we uh, i have selected 2019 as a year for the sake of analysis for a particular reason because that is the last pre pandemic year uh 3.4 million passenger vehicles were sold in the country during this period india's gdp grew from less than 1 trillion us dollar 
to about 2.5 trillion US dollars in 2019. And uh, we are the, the fastest growing major economy in the world. And we have remained so, except for the pandemic years, we have remained so. Uh, and that status has remained with us for several years now. Doesn't this buttress the consumption-driven economic growth in India? Abhik, how do you see the implications for the corporate world, for business models, and for policymakers of this rapidly expanding middle class that is fueled by aspirations? Fascinating thing. And, you know, in 2010-11, when I was researching for my book, The $10 Trillion Prize, we actually conducted surveys across consumers across the world. And we found that in markets like India, 80% of the consumers actually believed that the world will be a better place in 10 years' time. Mm -hmm. 80% of the consumers believe that their children will have a better life than they had. And they all had aspirations. Yeah. This was very different from the responses in, in the Western part. So, you know, to your question, uh, yes, I think, uh, you know, the aspirations have really driven the economic growth. The only one thing I would say, you know, the term middle class yeah. is, a, is an interesting one. Uh, yeah. and, and I think many companies have burnt their fingers mm. trying to cater to this elusive middle class. So... The one thesis I would lay out is mm. the view of Indian market yeah. historically was male, metro, and millennial. Right, right? That right. is where everybody sued the opportunity. Right. And I think that is not completely accurate. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the last decade has been accompanied by visible improvement in material circumstances. If you look at quality of transport, mobile phones, everything. Yeah. Now, you add to that that the villages actually now have also transformed because they have both physical and media access, right? Yeah. So, there is a lot of change which has happened and therefore just understanding what this change is and what the driver of this change is is very uh, important. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the numbers in, in dollar terms, but I think what also ends up happening is in the decade of 2010 to 2020, yeah. the actual consumption increased three times. You know, and if you look at the power of compounding over a 20 year period, this is more than a 10x increase. Absolutely. Yes. You've hit the nail on the head on how consumption is such an important lever in the India growth story. And that cannot be overemphasized. But let's change tack a bit and let's talk about India's people. Uh, India's young demographics is a well-documented global story with better spending ability. They will decide on products, style, utility, need and affordability. This is where the market is or will be, isn't it? I think we have to question whether that's really uh, the case. Mm -hmm. uh, let's take a closer look at some of the facts and numbers. Yeah. The median age in India today is 28 years approximately mm -hmm. uh, compared to the world median age of 31. So we are about 10% lower. Mm -hmm. So India is young, but not that dramatically young. And yeah. the interesting thing is this is set to change in the next decade. Mm. You know, in the 20s, India is set to add around 130 million people to its population. Right. And all of that 130 million is going to be added to the 35 plus age group. Right. We are going to see a decline in the less than 35 age group, not only in terms of percentage, but also in terms of absolute numbers. Right. Now, if this actually happens, the median age in India moves closer to, to the world average. 
uh, we have more older people, this has a huge implication for companies, brands, and policymakers. Right. Right. Uh, companies have to then make a deliberate choice about whether they tailor their product services mm-hmm. to the 25 plus, 35 plus, or 45 plus. Right. Because right now it's almost a default that everybody is targeting the 20 to 30. Right. But I think that is going to change, and companies will make a deliberate choice about whether they are targeting Gen X, Y, or Z, or or any of the other alphabets. It's a fascinating insight that you have given. You know, the median age moving closer to the world average, and 130 million people being added in this decade, and all of all of who will be in the 35-plus group in India. So that is going to have implications for way businesses, brands, and products actually ta- tailor their offerings. Uh, but let me also come, come to another related question, is, is on urbanization. Uh, a, a lot is being talked about India's uh, urbanization pace. And if you if you move out from Delhi or Bombay and look on both sides of the highways, you will see uh, kilometers and kilometers of highways uh, actually not being interspersed with villages. So that kind of gives you an idea that the pace of urbanization that is taking place. Uh, but do you think, are we uh, is India urban enough in the manner that we are talking about? Or is there something uh, that we are missing here? So... Gaurav, uh, you know, the fascinating thing about India is that for every fact that is true, there is a counterfact as well. Right. So I know that urbanization is, uh, is, is being talked about as a key driver, uh, which is there, but that's actually not really true. Uh, if you look at over the last 75 years, since our independence, urbanization has been growing slowly in India, mm-hmm. slowly and steadily. Right. In any one decade our percentage of urbanization has not moved more than 3% right. or 300 basis points. Right. India and China were at the same level of urbanization in 1981. Right. Today, India is in its early 30s, while China is more than 50%. So right. the kind of urbanization uh, which has happened in India is at a secular growth rate, yes, but not at the level at which it has happened in some of the other markets. That's number one. Right. Number two, I think it is about more cities than mega cities. What I mean by that is actually even in urbanization, what has happened is that the growth rate in the largest cities has actually tapered down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has driven the urbanization is more the the next year of towns where the rate of population growth and economic growth has been higher. That's Mm. number two. Mm. And number three, which is probably the most fascinating for me, is the fact that earlier, 25 years back, classifying urban and rural was easy. Right. Urban had good physical access Mm. and actually was, uh, was accessible to media. Right. Today, both physical access and media access is there virtually in every part of the country. And therefore, right. you know, there is more of a continuation which is there rather than a clearly demarcated urban and rural. Um, and from a perspective of how this manifests itself, actually, if you find the aspirations, awareness mm-hmm. of consumers, of citizens in small town India, in rural India, actually, the difference is not that high compared yeah. to urban India as well. Yes, yes, yes. That's so true because, you know, uh, while we talk about big cities and metropolitan uh, towns, uh, there are many 
not so big towns or even actually which are categorized as semi-urban areas who mimic big cities and towns both in terms of consumption pattern and consumer behavior as well as aspiration. So the point that you made is so very true. Uh, I'll come to another myth that dominates India, the discourse in India so far as consumption, spending and, and, and product differentiation is concerned is, is, is the myth about India's premium market. Now, the premium market itself cannot be a constant right it has to it ha- it's it's a moving variable uh, but for some reason uh, we just do not tend to uh, identify the fact that yesterday's necessities ha- yesterday's luxuries have become today's necessities and this will keep on changing as income levels go up and people move from a lower income scale to a higher income scale during their work lifetime uh, how do you see that no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think um, the premium market uh, captures, I think, disproportionate share of media mm-hmm. uh, compared to the disproportionate share of the market. Uh, you know, in virtually every category, whether you take it, you know, cars, whether you take it cell phones, whether you take it creams, uh, you actually find that the premium segment is growing faster in each of those. But in each of these, it is about 10 to 15% of the overall category. So the bulk of the category is actually in the mass space which is there. Right. And you know the other thing which is there is you know as you said today's premium is tomorrow's mid premium yesterday's yeah. luxury. So I, I think this is a, a continuation mm-hmm. uh, which ends happening and partly it is because you know if one was to think about it I think you know there are three Indias. Mm-hmm. You know there is a small number of about 50 million people who are at $40,000 PPP. Right. Uh, there is about, you know, 400 million who are at a PPP of Indonesia at maybe around $10,000. Absolutely. And then there are about 900 million who are at a PPP of $3,000 equivalent. So, right. you know, in some sense, uh, what we are catering to from a premium perspective is in some categories to the 50 million in some yeah. categories to the 50 to uh, 50 plus 400, which is there. Absolutely. The other element, I think, which is very important and one sees very fascinating example of that in countries like China, right? Mm. Where you find people consuming premium products, premium categories, mm-hmm. even at a lower income level. Uh, because they have now the means to splurge on what they will think about as the little luxuries of life. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes people will call it the upward mobility. Sometimes people will call it the demonstration effect. So we see that playing out. You, you know, you find uh, people in China who actually have an annual uh, income of about $25,000 in absolute terms, mm-hmm. spending two to $5,000 on luxury categories because it really makes them feel good about themselves. Absolutely. So about 10% of the income they are spending on so-called luxuries of life. Yes, absolutely. And that's going to play out in India as well, you foresee? You know, it's it's a great question. I think there are, you know, three things which, which lead me to believe that it will be somewhat different in India than in China. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is, if you look at over the last big difference between India and China has been the fact that while in India, you know, the average number of kids per family was about 2.8 and in, in right. China it was 1.2. Right. Right. Uh, and therefore, 
the discretionary spend uh, is actually higher. That's number one. Right. Number two is percentage of working women. Right. China has one of the highest percentage of working women in the world. Mm. India actually is at the other end of the spectrum. Right. And, you know, we, we found in our research that at the same income levels, when women are actually earning mm-hmm. at the same income level, they actually spend more on certain categories, which Absolutely. is there. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And the third is something which we talked about earlier, which is the urbanization. So, you know, those three parameters are playing different in India compared to China. So, uh, so my view is we will not see a China-like situation mm-hmm. in premium slash luxury in India for some time. Um, right. You know, we find that in most consumer goods categories, India lags China by about a decade. Um, wow. The more mass the category is, the gap narrows, so it yeah. becomes five, six, seven years. The more premium or luxury the category, the number increases beyond 10. So, you know, 10 is the average. Yeah. The gap is higher on the luxury side, lower on, on the mass side. Yes, yes, yes. And that is quite visible. Uh, so that brings me to the last question. In a country where uh, parents in many pockets still treasure boys over girls, uh, and tapping the wealth of women talent that potentially account for half of India's workforce is critical, absolutely critical for reaping uh, the so-called demographic dividend. So what kind of social and economic implications do you foresee for India? I think this has huge social economic implications going forward. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I think we are going to see this change being driven both bottom up and top down. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at most companies today, you find a concerted effort to drive diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, you also see this in in Indian villages, in Indian small towns. In fact, um, you know, one of the sociologists that I was talking about, mm-hmm. uh, talking to, was mentioning that you know that a village has become quote-unquote evolved when you see the participation of girls in schools in in a meaningful manner. Um, So I think that trend is definitely there. Uh, I think we see more and more women taking over uh, in roles um, and and across the board in companies. Mm. I think uh, there is a lot that needs to be done. I think the percentage of women in C-suite positions in India mm-hmm. uh, and across the world is mm-hmm. not at level that is desirable. So yes. I think there is significant change which is needed. Yeah. But the key driver for the same, which is education, is coming in place. So I am hopeful that we will see this change happening over the next decade and more going forward. Thank you so much, Abhik, for this very wonderful and insightful conversation lots of takeaways, particularly on the median age and how India is actually uh, the so-called demographic dividend may not remain a demographic dividend if we compare the median age, the rate at which India's median age is galloping towards the world average and, and the implications that it, it means it brings about for, uh, for corporates, for brands, for product offerings, for tailoring new products to a class of people who were getting more older and mature. Uh, and also the sociological changes that are taking place in India, particularly, as you said, in 2015, where a point of inflection came about when the girl enrollment ratio actually reached a level which overtook the boys in schools, which gives us enough signs for us to feel extremely optimistic 
about building in bringing in gender equity in India. Thank you so much, Abhik, for this wonderful conversation. Thank you very much, Gaurav. Thanks so much.